Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of Gym Owners Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Stone. Over there is John Fairbanks. How are you doing, John? Hello, Tyler. Guys, today we're going to talk about some launch strategies, whether it's launching a particular product, a program, a, I don't know, an add-on, a challenge, whatever it's going to be within your gym. Uh, we've touched on a lot of this stuff in the past. We want to get into some very specifics on the way that we think that you should go about uh, developing, deciding what a product should be, how you promote it, how you roll it out, how you sell it, and then how you build on from there. So today, Launch Strategies 101 is your topic of the Gym Owners Podcast. Before we get started, make sure you go to the link in the description, join the Gym Owners Revolution Facebook group, all sorts of good stuff there. We've got a community of gym owners that are kicking ass. If you want in on the consulting side of what John and I do, you want us to work with you directly, you can go to johngymownersrevolution.com. Got it. Revolution.com. Nailed it. Nailed it. Run a few iterations. We have, we have many URLs that all lead to the same thing. So gymownersrevolution.com. Uh, there you'll find a gear academy. We also have some <clears throat> couple different levels of that, but where we can help you with your business, develop from where you start, where you're at now to where you want to get going. Step by step, piece by piece, no slimy shit, not us coming in telling you to strip everything down and do it our way. It's going to be your business done your way in a way that's going to work for your clients and in return make you money while preserving your reputation. If you listen to the last episode, we, we shit on a lot of the other products out there that don't do that. So if you haven't heard that one, you better go back. <clears throat> so follow the show at the Jim Morris Podcast on Instagram. You can follow me at Tyler F. Stone. That's Tyler E-F-F-I and Stone. And you can find John at JBanksFL on Instagram. All right. Before we get into product launches, launches in general, I want to start with one thing here first, though. You don't always have to build a new thing. <laughs> I want to lay that as the groundwork for this, John. John and I put this further down in our notes, but I think in yeah. the very beginning, I want you guys to know that it's very often when we start working with gym owners is we'll go, you know, they have some room or they have something else they want to launch or, or just a, whether it is something simple like nutrition coaching or a specialty group, a club, a high ticket item, a challenge, whatever that may be, if that starts getting on your radar, the worst thing I can, I can see is when a gym owner just starts seeing dollar signs with it. And it's like, Oh, Mm -hmm. uh, this time sissy and it's it's never that simple it's never that easy can the thing sit in your gym and operate and sell every year uh that becomes a factor that we really want to we really want to take into account here with this and i think that it's really important because i see a lot of gym owners that chase build a new product you do all this work you try to promote it you try to sell it maybe it's underwhelming maybe it doesn't perform that well um or maybe you just you're having a hard time drumming up interest whatever it is that makes it not successful um, that's, it's usually your fault. <laughs> it's usually either in how it was conceived. It was conceived without demand. And we'll get into some of that stuff later. Um, or you simply put too much work into it in the beginning when there was not going to be anything out of it this first round, not much. And that's always the issue is you're going to front load some labor. Anytime you build anything new, the work is going to happen in the beginning very much. So, and it's going to be unrewarding work financially. So you want to limit that as much as possible. And so we'll get into making sure you know how to do that, how to preserve your time while giving yourself a good chance of succeeding with these projects. So I think a big piece too, that we've seen Tyler over the years is that is that you oftentimes will think either the idea is bad or the idea was good. Like there's so many variables that come to doing something for the very first time. Yeah. So you have to be able to sit with it and test it and, and live with it and be able to kind of go through the process that we're going to talk about of how you go about launching something because the launch is important because you got to get off the starting line because there's a lot of coaches and owners that we've talked to over the years that have tons of ideas that they never put one foot in front of the other to actually execute on. Yeah, They just we've stay seen, good ideas. We've seen two primary issues with this. People go, too many ideas, too fast, too many things, or ones that have too many ideas and don't do any of them. That's usually the issue. Issue: Too much action, nothing ever really gets finished, and too little action is you just sit for the first, first two, three years in a row and you've got nothing new going. In my, in my years of working in the marketing side, specifically when it came to like building out websites or building out a system or a process to be able to take a customer through you know, a journey, quote unquote, putting things in front of them like it's that that those series of web pages, those series of things that get built out, a phrase that got used a lot inside of my circles was like, you're just one funnel away 
to getting a million dollars. Like you're one web page build away. And typically what would happen is when people would get started and they create a product or they start playing this game, they make a bunch. Like you said, they get super distracted and they build a bunch of different things. And they're just like, well, if I have 10 items that are all moving in the right direction, then I'll get to my goal number faster. And what ended up being true time and time again, and oftentimes mentors would be like, listen, instead of trying to do this 10 different ways, go back to what you have been starting with. Like what is the main one that's the most successful and sharpen it, like keep going back to it and keep testing it and testing it and redoing it and seeing how you can continue to perfect it. Cause that was typically all that was needed is like just a couple different versions or a couple do-overs of testing and retesting the same thing that was going to make the difference. But people have that shiny object syndrome so badly that you just never stick with it because then it gets boring. Or then gets and there's boring. a lot of catch 22s in this conversation that we're going to have. We're going to say things like fail fast, go build whatever. We're going to say, then move on to the next thing. But we're also going to say, all right, you do got to kind of sit with things and let them give them some time and don't give up on them immediately. So, so don't worry if sometimes we're speaking out of one side of the mouth. <laughs> so, um, all right, let's get in. Where do we start? So let's just run through a hypotheticals thing. And this is something we were running through with one of the gym owners in gear Academy yesterday. Um, the first thing, one of the fundamental principles that John and I like to adhere to when it comes to launching any product, whether it's nutrition, coaching, all the stuff we described in the beginning, um, is an inside out strategy. And that inside out strategy means you're going to sell to the people you already have first. Um, and you need to do that first because they already have your trust first. It's, it's, it's very easy, but you're going to sell people within your gym inside out. And we're going to go even, we're going to take that even further as far as like how you actually craft the fulfillment of this and, and how you build layers and layers and layers and use that for promotion. But this concept of selling inside out is super important because I see so many people trying to use a new program as an attractor as an external attractive product to, to people. And I think that's okay. I don't think it's the worst idea. I just think that if an idea kind of sucks, there's nothing worse than bringing in to say it's a specialty class or something like this. And you bring in new people from outside and they're the only one you sell two people sell or it's, or it's small or it's, or maybe the fulfillment of the thing then is not quite that tight. And that's someone's first experience with you. And they don't have this other background of trust or aren't coming to your gym for other reasons already. They can put your brand and your reputation in kind of a really tricky spot. If you're just trying new shit on new people, it's tough. Yeah, and you would never do it if you were a coach, right? If you're a personal oh. trainer or you're a coach, right? If you're going to roll out a new set of programming or you're going to test something out, like we, you never would just blindly be like, I wonder how bad this is just going to fuck everybody up and have yeah. no concept of what you're about to put people through. So don't do that in your business either. Like yeah. there is a proper order of things. And typically that's where it's going to start, right? It's like you, you, you want to be able to start testing within yourself of like, Hey, this is my idea and I want to roll it out. And then a really safe bet of being like, all right. It's because it becomes an echo chamber unless you're with people like us, right? Unless you're with, someone that has got your back or you have a really good network of people that you can truly bounce ideas off of and they can give you honest feedback and not just be yes men that are just going to be like, Oh yeah, no man, that sounds great. Or cause your mom, like your mom's the worst person to talk to about yeah. any of your ideas. Yeah, She's like, honey, that is the smartest thing I have ever heard. Either or they long. scare her inherently because of the risk. Right, so it's right, either an instant yes or an instant no. And there, there's no like filtering done with that process at all. And it's important. Right. <laughs> but you have to be able to filter it and you have to be able to trust the, the feedback that you're getting. So outside of the echo chamber that is yourself, you then the next probably safest group is going to go, go to your coaches and start testing this idea. Yeah. Where do we think we are with this? Yeah. So let's just use the nutrition example. If you're going to launch a nu nutrition coaching product, cause it's just, it's easy. Now, again, this right. can work for specialty programs, challenges, whatever it's going to be a challenge or nutrition. I like the, all of these things because they're a fixed time frame. First off, so that's kind of how I like to have this boxed in for the sake of this conversation. But if we're going to go through nutrition coaching product, what I'm going to do is the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to change the way I eat based on whatever concept it is I'm selling, right? If I'm trying to sell, all right, I'm going to eat 
carbs only at this time and I'm going to eat this many calories and it's going to be going to be for weight loss. And then I'm going to train this way and this many times, whatever the criteria is of actions, I am going to take those actions personally. And I think you can also probably recruit your coaches in this same step if you like, if you have staff in. But in a perfect world, yeah, you'd be doing it yourself. You'd be having some success before you waste anybody else's time. But if you're in a hurry, drop it on you and your staff at the same time. I'm cool with that. Yeah. But you and your coaches go through this process. But you need to also, it needs to start, it can't just be the execution of the, what's the word, of the thing, right? There also needs to be something on the fulfillment side, meaning, okay, if I know I got to tell all these people how many calories to eat, how much protein to eat, and what these guidelines are, that now gives me an opportunity to make a first draft of what that communication is going to be. Mm Mm-hmm. It also allows me beforehand to give a first draft of what the intro email and stuff like that may be. Hey, guys, we're excited to get started. Here's what you can expect. And boom, boom, boom. So now you start to have your communication stuff being built as you go, but you're not doing it multiple times and wasting it. Each one is a refined version so that by the time this is in front of your your clients, it's slick. It feels good. It's tuned up. It makes sense. It seems like a product that's valuable to them so that their expectations of value aren't subverted as soon as you sell them this big ticket product and they get one email with five paragraphs telling them what to eat and what not to eat. That's it. Now, so this is what I fucking paid for. So, so you can start to tune that up as you go. You're going to require for your coaches specifically, anyone who's doing this in the beginning for free, they're going to have to do the check-ins just as though they would if they were doing the actual product. And that, and that's very important to know. So you can start to get that communication structure built and going. Um, they'll start to do those check-ins. You'll get a feel for the gaps in there. Now your fulfillment side is starting to get tuned up. It's not a, it's not a loose mess that you're doing on the fly. And especially one of the worst things I see that happens when people don't have it kind of laid out ahead of time. Um, what happens is then they kind of lose momentum. I've seen a lot of eight and 12 week programs that almost fizzle out where they barely have a defined end (laughs) in the end. We'll get to, we'll get to that part later on, but, but that is a very, very important piece of this part is is it can, you can really make it feel like a decent premium product as you go through, because you've taken this step. Now during the check-ins, everyone's going to need to take photos, even maybe more so than they're going to need, than you're going to have your average clients take, right? Cause you need proof. And for your staff, you need to know, like, guys, we need to adhere to this type because I need this to work. Let's get yourself these results. That ends up being very good social proof right off the bat. Starts with you, then goes to your staff. If you have one-on-one personal training clients that are interested, um, you have some of those I'm okay with giving it to. If they've been around for a while, maybe they're looking for something. I don't mind letting somebody in on a beta program for free. It's kind of what I've done in the past a little bit. Um, I also have some people that I, if I know that if I let them in on it for free, they won't do it, then I will charge them. Correct. And that's usually how I do it because I don't, I don't want my, my initial launch of this thing to suck because somebody didn't care and wasn't truly invested. So um, that's usually kind of the, the, that one I'm 50-50 on depends on the person. But that's, I'm totally okay with that. Then you're going to run it through some one-on-one clients and you're going to get their feedback as a consumer. What was this like? How did this process go? All of this does not need to take terribly long. So let's say this is eight weeks of nutrition coaching or 12 weeks or whatever it is. You don't got to run through the eight or 12 weeks before you move on to the next step. You can get a few weeks ahead and understand what that's like. And you can, and you'll have that first few weeks tuned up. Yep. But next week, week four will be starting to tuned up. And next, so you can start running people behind. You're just staggering people's introduction to this product so that every bit that gap from you know group one, group two, group three doesn't need to be 12 weeks, but that every time that gap comes across again, that's the time at which it's getting tuned up, filled in, cleaned up better and better and better for it because eventually this is going to be unleashed on the masses. Yeah. And ultimately you're going to be doing it with your existing, like once you get out of that one-on-one phase, you're going to go ahead and launch it. Really what I like to do is you launch it first with your own internal people. Yes. Like existing clients get the pit. You go through the whole nine. Now you have your marketing language. You have testimonials. You have the language that people have given you that feedback because their words are always going to be infinitely more valuable to you than anything you could have thought up. Even more valuable than somebody you're going to spend, you could pay a copywriter $5,000 for a single page of copywriting. And the very first thing they're going to do is, okay, I need to talk to your clients because they're not going to come up with the fucking words. 
Yeah. And I think this is how you're going to get your language, right? This is when you talk about how you're going to sell this thing in the future, how you're going to sell it to anybody. This process that you've just gone through now is how you sell it. Because when someone comes in and says, well, what is this nutrition program? What is this extra nutrition program? Why should I buy this nutrition? Tell me what it is. And if you start saying, oh, it's a holistic ketogenic, they don't give a fuck. Nobody cares. But what you say is, you know, it's a program we saw that we liked a lot. So I started testing it on myself. I tested it on all of my staff has run through this program. We've had a good group of good beta testers that have gone through this. Now, these are the results that we've seen from this. It's, we've had lots of success proven within our gym me personally, to my coaches and my clients with this. That is the only thing you need to see. That you, They need to hear that. They don't need to know what they need to eat. They don't need to know what types of nonsense is going on with this thing. And that works for almost every product, by the way. As long as you have some results and testimonials to lean on at the end of that one sentence, that is the entirety of your sales pitch for this product. And it's very if you, And if you can't say that, that's where you find people rambling on about what the fucking product is. It's like... It's like and, somebody that lies, right? Yes. The person that's lying usually is talking too much. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. why are you over explaining this? Oh, uh, yes. Because of the oxalates and the, the, you know, and most people are lacking. It's like, shut up. They don't care. They just don't care. They want to know that you think it works. They want to know that it's worked before. And they like to see or hear a little bit about it working. That's it. So that ends up crafting, having just gone through those steps, though, all of a sudden makes it pretty easy to sell because you're not talking like it's not something you brought up out of the blue that's just like written down somewhere. This is actually the process that you went through. So you can explain it in a really quick, concise, and authentic way, and it works. It really, really, really does work to sell that way. Um, after that, <laughs> right, after you've got everybody in and you're able to start to market this internally to your existing members, that language that I just described to you, that goes out in emails. That's it. If you have email access to everybody, you need to have a multifaceted launch strategy first off. We were talking with the gym owner the other day and he was saying, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out the best way to promote this product internally. Like there's one singular best method. And I'd say, well, that's not how any of this is going to work, right? Some people are going to be sold very quickly and easy via conversation in the gym. Hey, did you know we're doing this? You talk after class, after session, mm -hmm. whatever that is. Some may see a poster and come up and ask you. A poster in the gym, a poster above a urinal. That might be enough to sell me. Uh, others are going to need to see an email and maybe another email and another email and another email that they never respond to. And by the fifth time, they go, oh, yeah, yeah, I wanted to do this. They wanted to do it the whole time, but that's when they bite. Some, it may be an email and then a text message that's a reminder. So you're going to need to come up with, like, you need to cover all your bases. Anytime you're trying to sell anything within your gym, you got to cover all your bases and you need to understand that everybody needs to hear things different ways and different amounts of time. And it's always more of those things than you wish they were. Know that. So if you feel like you're talking about selling a new product too much and that every time someone just ignores you, you don't get a sale back on it, that it's like a waste of your time. That's not true. It's just the name of the game. It is the game of attention. Yeah. If you really step back and not get so butthurt so quickly, you, you'll realize like how many things in your life are trying to get your attention on any given day. All like it them. just, it's, it's <laughs> everything it is the name of the game is getting your attention for whatever their thing is. So we've become really, really good at ignoring and putting up blinders. If you lived like where I lived in Florida for a number of years, there was a stretch of highway called 19 and down 19, no matter where you were on this stretch of road, it had, I don't know, hundreds of billboards. I'm talking like every block yeah. is five billboards on the right, five billboards on the left facing both directions. So it just was a place where you just no longer saw anything above here in your yeah. periphery like just anything above your head you just didn't look at and so what you really needed to do was pay attention to what did catch your eye but it just was you 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 just blocked it all out yeah so as you get to start rolling this out internally that's going to be that's going to be how you're going to start to make that noise now one of the nice things about it is if you have some of your existing members that have gone through say some of your one-on-one -on -one pt people or maybe you've run a small beta test through this uh those people should be talking and looking different looking better, feeling better, whatever, telling people about it. Um, if you do let anyone in, say a few people in on a beta testing group, that's one of the criteria. If I'm going to let you in on this free. The criteria is you have to do it. You have to check in. The moment you stop, 
I think you're not doing it. We're pulling the plug completely. I'm not wasting any time with it. Um, and I need you to be talking about it. I need you to get, the, to get these results. It's important. It's the only reason I'm doing this for you for nothing. There's a mistake that I'm hearing that I hear often. And this is going to be when we start to um, conflate or combine these two concepts. Word of mouth is always going to be your most successful way of getting a client. Mm -hmm. Hands down, period. A lot of you will probably run businesses that are running at 90% or more of the people in your gym are coming from referrals and word of mouth. But do not mistake that success to be something that can replace marketing and advertising. No, it's the worst thing I hear. It's an, yeah. it's a, it's an insane premise because of the point you just made, Tyler, which is the idea where it's word of mouth will get somebody be like, oh, oh yeah. But they fucking call you because they the banners on the, exactly, yeah, right? Won't. It's Yeah, yeah. It, it's, oh, I've heard about you. That doesn't mean that lead is word of mouth. It's, I, no, I heard about you. And then I saw your shit over and over and over and over again. What I heard about gave me some trust. That wasn't the conversion. Very rarely does, oh, I heard this gym and it's really nice and cool. Is that the final motivator, the final step? And that's what good copywriting, good marketing usually is to do is to make that one last nudge. And so, yeah, it's the, my, one of the most frustrating things I'll hear is like, oh, you know, we get most of our, our clients from word of mouth. And I'm like, well, if that's good, then why are you so desperate for more money and more clients right now? Like, it Correct. seems to me like that's covering what? Like, this is a drop in the bucket. And a yeah. bucket, that's the only goddamn drop in this bucket is the problem. And it gets really frustrating when because I'll hear people use that as a way to just abandon marketing expense and a way to ignore having to put any real effort into what their communication and messaging is outwardly, whether it's social media, uh, the Google business page, whatever, whatever their whatever marketing strategies they're doing poorly at, they say, Oh, well, we're just so good at word of mouth. It's like, well, it sounds to me like you suck at almost all of it. Correct. If you're only relying on word of mouth and then nothing else, because if your word of mouth was so good, man, just your regular marketing would be so successful. Well, you everybody in the world would be sitting around there. If your word of mouth, especially locally, because you guys are local businesses. Right. If the word on the street was you guys are fucking awesome and that everyone gets great results and it's a great, great, great for the great value for the money. Okay. All it's going to take is one ad, one good offer and people will convert. That's it. People will be so close to converting and so close to walking through your door and getting started so close to responding that your actual marketing then will kick so much ass when you actually do it. But it's not because very often those things aren't as good as you think they are. It's just the only thing that you're doing. And if you're not at capacity, right, if you're not turning people away, you haven't raised your prices three separate times and people just don't give a shit. They keep coming. It doesn't matter. And you're full to the brim and you can't and you're making more money than you need to. And you're more than happy and you fucking just you're living like the top one percent of one percent. Then maybe we have a discussion. Yeah. But you're not there. So until you're there, it's you need it's the rising tide is important. Like you have to be hitting all of these points from all these different directions because because it's really dangerous to put all your eggs in one basket. Yes. To where it's like, because, OK, great. Well, this has worked. And all of a sudden it's <clears throat> if it stops working, if you know, all of a sudden you don't get the leads and all of a sudden something funky does happen. It's you have no clue what to do next because you've just over leveraged your entire business on this one way of acquiring new clients. Yeah. This is the number one reason why you don't do ad. It's you cannot allow ads to be your only way of getting new clients. And even worse is they don't, you know, especially if you're relying solely on word of mouth, which I'm about it. Word, word on the street should be awesome about you. If you're doing, that's the thing that John and I rely on or that we emphasize a ton. It's that your reputation matters more than, we, I think we value, place higher value on that than almost anybody else in this industry that you're going to work sure. So uh, it's important to us. But if you're just going to rely on, like, I'm awesome, people tell other people that I'm awesome, and that's that, like, just know that then you're not actually learning any, any good copywriting skills. You're not actually going to start to develop any of these systems and tune any of them up in a way that when you do want to launch something internally or whatever, like, how does that go when it's from scratch? So when you're going to do something new, what do you, how, where does that go? Oh, I don't even know how to send anyone emails. I suck at writing copy. I haven't spent a couple of years trying and refining and trying on with my coaches and all this process that we described. And then everything that you're going to do just go is like hinge on the fact that you used to be awesome 
or whatever. And that's not going to sell a new product. That's the big issue. So if you're going to roll something out with this, like everything we described, right, this thing is going to allow you to scale the fulfillment. You don't have to build completely from scratch, um, hoping that it's going to be a success. The biggest thing that we find in all things is that if you build it, they will come is the dumbest shit. And if I ever hear anybody apply that in business, I think they're a fucking moron. I'll tell you right now, like if you build it, they will come is a psyop made to keep poor people poor. It's all it is. I'll just sink all of this into making my thing. And the problem is the thing that you make, if it is not built based on constant feedback that is aligned with consumer needs, consumer wants, consumer interest, which is always changing, the product that you will have put everything into in the end is going to be misaligned with those things. Just like that idea, if you build a better mousetrap, the world will beat your door down, beat a path to your door. That is also bullshit. There are better mousetraps than that other model. Did you know that? There is many. None of them are near as popular because they're more expensive by the time they get to market. They're not marketed well. And it's not what people just think of when you think of a fucking mousetrap. So in the end, if you're going to build the thing, it needs to be constantly in tune with that, which is why you want to build, I hate to say it, but build as you go. That's it. Or you can have really deep pockets and you can build an entire thing and it can be a dud and you can reskin it in alignment that at a complete point. But most of you don't. And that's the reason we don't pitch that way. I've seen many businesses do that type of stuff where they just throw a whole bunch of money at a thing and it sits and loses its ass for six months and then it kind of gets reskinned and rebuilt. But you can't afford for you can't afford to launch losers. No, business. Because you, you you probably are running your business off duct tape and a prayer anyway. Yeah. So it's yeah. It, and just this is, leaner than most. You right. know. And this is why we speak out of kind of both sides of our mouths. Because when we say fail fast, it's in the process of learning, testing, reiterating the next phase of it. Like that has to happen quick. Yeah. And in the model that we gave you, that's how you can do it. And those are microscopic failures. That exactly. way the whole program is not scrapped. All these little microscopic failures start to continue to get you aligned with what's going to work best for the consumer, what's easy to fulfill, what makes actual goddamn sense. Because your first idea, it's never completely in tune with that. Never is. And this is how you leverage that trust and leverage um, just how you go about launching these things. You can protect it so that you never lose your reputation in the meantime. And the other guys are going to put you in a position where it is, they're going to have you go really fast, re really, really quickly in a particular direction because they know it works. They know it works and well, shit, they have like thousands of people that they've worked with and, and they know it works because it's worked for them. And I saw all the testimonials. So I know that this is the way to do it. But what you don't understand is that if it's not been built the right way and you do not do this the right way, in that right sequence, you will burn reputation in order to get there. And will you get there? Sure, you'll get there. But the cost will be so much higher and it will not be realized until later. Yeah. And, and so this is what allows you all these things. And this gets you to the point to where it's, it doesn't have to be perfect. Just because somebody has a swipe file, just because somebody can give you all of the emails, just because they can give you all the words that you need to say, all the marketing, all everything done for you, does not mean it's good. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just Very often it means it's not. <laughs> yeah. And the worst thing is, is it means that it was good for somebody. <laughs> but who? And that's the truth. Is it right. you? Is it your people? When was this, by the way? You know what I'm saying? Like, you could have, you could have sold a lot of shake weights, shake weights 15 years ago. Now you'd be a goddamn fool. Okay. You so just, it. yeah, it's, it's, that's my um, biggest gripe is that, is it, Skipping this process, I think you should have this process down pat. That's what I think. It should be very easy. This is your launch thing for anything. And if you have people, obviously you're the gym owner, you get to the point where you do have some staff that can help you with some of this stuff, or whether you're using VAs or consultants like us to help guide you step-by-step step through, figuring out what your perversion of this process would be and what these actual outcomes for each of these steps, what your emails are going to be, what all this is so that you can know you're making reasonable decisions along the way. Like, then you're going to be just fine if this is the thing you're doing. But if you're just winging it, letting somebody else drop their own shit in your lap and you're just turning it out, that's not you. It's not your brand. It's not your people. It's your, it's, it's not designed for you. And you are going to, I've never seen it not catch up. And any of the ones that we've worked with directly that have used those things, it, it, I've never seen it not catch up to somebody.
Now, now we know this. We know these steps because we've worked with a lot of gym owners that have done this the right way as we've worked with them to do it. But we have also made the mistakes. Like we've, we've done this the wrong way personally. Mm-hmm. And I would love to contrast kind of two examples that of where we did this the wrong way. And then we did this the right way. Yeah. To kind of show it. Yeah. So one of the ones for me is like the first thing here, crafting anything without a demand is tough. Um, you can get the, now I'll tell tell you this. Some of these ideas, I think there is demand universally because it's required. If I've said this before, if you are not offering some sort of nutritional coaching or nutrition planning for your clients, and you are an American who lives in America where people are, what is it? 70% of the people are obese. Trust me, there's a demand for it. If you can't sell it, it's because you suck at selling it or you haven't done it and haven't proven it to be successful. But trust me, in my opinion, nutrition coaching in some way needs to be a part of every single fitness center that exists that gives a shit, I guess, about clients getting results. Truthfully, there is no way, there's been no greater truth that I have learned in my years of fitness than you can't outwork a bad diet. Everything will work until it doesn't. And that's the thing that does not work for very long. I'll tell you that. So that having done this, the other, the, the right way here, which is if we're going to launch a separate product, nutrition, in my opinion, you need to figure out how to fulfill, how to sell. It'll be, the demand will be there, especially for new cli- existing clients, new clients, whatever. But if you're going to build a standalone product, I'll give you an example of something I built, which is essentially a, a muscle building product. Um, it was based on concepts that I knew worked, right? all the concepts that I had been using, but I'd never really assembled in one cohesive system, right? And so I was like, well, I think if I take this layer that I know and then this layer that I've been working on and a little bit of this experimentation to tune it up, that's what I think it would look like. And I know it would be I it would be fun, but it would be very, very, very optimized for gaining size, unsustainably gaining size. Like literally, I'd have to warn people, like you can do this, for six weeks, maybe 12, and then you must do something else for a while or your shit will just fall apart, okay? But it works for gaining size. That was my prediction. I did it myself. My wife worked on it with me. Just went through that program. We tested a lot of the concepts in isolation before that, right? And then we roll it out to a few people that I was working with doing some remote coaching because I wasn't coaching on site at that time. So I roll it out. So here, try this, guys. Just try it. Uh, but the criteria of getting it for free was they had to give me body scans. They had to give me tons of data. They had to check in with me the whole time. Well, at the end, that was proven wildly successful. Now, because of that too, a lot of our audience at that time was CrossFit folks, which if you know anything about CrossFit people is they're all small. Mm-hmm. I, don't know, I mean, I trying to count, I bet I could count on one hand how many people in the years with that organization that I found and came across that weighed over 200 pounds. So it's like these guys sure. all want to gain size. And every time we do a nutrition thing, it's, oh, I eat so much. I'm not gaining size. So, so when we went through this, I knew there was a demand for this because they all talk about building muscle and none of them ever build any muscle, right? None of them build muscle. So we rolled it out, sold. It was wildly successful. Sold basically as many or more than we could manage in one shot. That was Easy peasy. It was super easy to do because I already had the data. We already had the demand. I had already done it, which meant I could easily define what it was. And it didn't have anything to do with what the concepts were that was in it. I was like, it's crazy. You're going to get huge. It's the best way to gain muscle. It's fucking hard. Like it's a lot of stuff that's like going to be off-putting to someone who's not interested. But I didn't need people who weren't interested. I already knew that they were. And that makes it very easy to sell, makes it very easy to to build it. But the tone of the thing, all that build up to it, the product itself existed and still is one PDF. One thing that I I really liked, though, was you're talking about the build up. Because you had those people you were testing, you were teasing it. Yes. On your Instagram. Never teasing it as in like, hey, I'm going to have a new program that's coming out. Like it was never a hard sell. It just was some new shit that we're trying is working. And yeah. it, was, it was like, it was just, just sharing, essentially sharing the journey as this thing was going to be built. Yeah. Cause it wasn't built yet. Yeah. It didn't exist. To go to the flip side of this at one point, a while later, we were told to launch a different one, which was, Oh, let's do a, let's do a bench press program. And I was pretty hands up on the thing right away. It was just cause I can bench press. 
I said, here's the thing about these. And I was, I didn't, I didn't necessarily want to make it. <laughs> right. And we got to the point where it was like, you know, we had sold a handful of them, but in the end of it, it wasn't terribly successful. And you don't want to know why for the same reasons I didn't want to make it. These CrossFit fools don't bench press, dude. Or do they want to? If they did, they'd just be bench pressing. They'd already be doing it and they'd be doing some other stuff. I just knew that that did not fit within the market. The problem was, is that one was rushed. We had to do it quick. There wasn't really even anyone to beta test it other than me, which I already got a big bench. So what's the fuck good does this do, right? So then it gets built from scratch, branded from scratch. And it doesn't sell that well. And you've built, you've wasted many, many, many hours and tuning up to try to crap. By the way, the product itself worked. That's the worst part is it had all of the makings beginning to end was built. And it's the worst way to do it. And John, we've learned that lesson for multiple things from selling online courses to gyms, launching stuff is you need to start with an actual demand. Start with a few people who want it and do it with them. So that's one of the best things that I've seen in a long time, which was like, uh, you know, do it and then sell it is great. Do it, sell it as you go. Like, like just start doing it. Don't build it completely. Just start doing the thing, sell it. But what's even better is sell it and then build it, right? It really is sell it and then build it. My very first like one-on-one nutrition in the current iteration that I have now, somebody needed nutrition coaching. So I wrote them an email twice a week with what I wanted them to do. That was it. And I did that for 12 weeks. And then in the end of that, like I could have run somebody through the same product two weeks in someone else could have been running through the same exact thing. Here's your principles. Here's what I want you to work on this week. And there would only need to be a few revisions made. And because of that, I did not have to build an entire nutrition consultation product from beginning to end. I just did it. Yeah. Not for free. I was paid to make it. And because I I was paid to make it, I didn't take as much out of it, of course, as I could have because I was being a little more thorough. But for, for, for the time I put into it, I put way more time into that one person than I normally would have, but it still wasn't that bad. And then in the end, all I got to do when someone else signs up, trigger these emails to go out every Monday and Wednesday. That's it. And then it's completely hands-off. And so that's, that's, and that's the first version of this. And then every time someone comes through, I get a better idea. Someone's already paid to do it. And I go, okay, well, let me, let me give them this. And then you keep adding layers. And now I have a pretty comprehensive product that's pretty slick and easy. And it doesn't take me anything. It's one and done. I, I set up, I spend 20 minutes and I send it off. And and a lot of the, you can use this for, you're going to have personal trainers. You're going to have coaches that have areas of specialty. Yeah. Right. Areas that, that they may care about. There's a really good way to go about building a, a program or a concepts around something that they like to do, which is really important, right? It, the fact mm-hmm. is you you want to have them want to do it. And then there's a bad way to do it. So there's a good way and a bad way. The bad way first is going to be, I just love to run. Okay, well, I'm really excited, Tiffany, that you love to run. Does anyone else in the gym want to run more? Is a running club something that's of any interest? That's an easy question to be able to get answered you could probably do in three different ways and have it figured out within the next two weeks. Yeah. Do people want to run? And so the difference of we've watched people build running clubs or build specialty programs or clubs or whatever um, inside of a gym where they're just, they've just like, well, the person really, really likes to do this, the coach. And I, and I need them to feel like, you know, they're involved and that they have some opportunity, whatever. And what it ends up doing is it fucks that person over because then they, then it's just like, well, it ends up all the, all the problems that happen are attributed to the wrong things for why it failed. Yes. And that's the worst is if this comes from your staff having an idea and they're not getting it from the members. Now the staff has this idea, you help them launch it. You do the branding, you market it and it doesn't work. Is it you? Is it them? And it's really, it's the whole system just wasn't aligned and it wasn't going to work no matter what. But if you skip those steps of like establishing like who actually wants to do this, not just who says they want to do it, who says they will pay, then do you understand the ratio of fall off that that exists there, which is the people that say they will commit to the people that actually do commit. Um, that becomes very, very, very difficult. And, it's, and that's a, a, the perfect example, John, for this situation is if you have a coach who wants to do a running program, have them talk to their own clients. Bingo. Find a few people who you want to do. Let's like see if they'll just do it. 
just run it through. You run a pilot group, just two or three of them. See, you know, you don't have to waste a bunch of extra time. Just tell them the things that you need them to do and see if they'll do it. And then I'll know what it is. They'll know what it is. Someone can verbalize what their experience is and we can talk about the outcomes. And then from there, there's already social momentum, social proof going on then within your gym about it. Because if you let your coach come up with a great idea, you know this because you've talked to them. I promise you, if you allow them to do this and you say, well, tell me about the program, they're going, how are we going to, you can even say it just like this. How would we want to market the program? And I fucking promise you that they're going to spend the next 10 minutes talking to you about the programming of yep. the program. Yeah. The exercises, the splits, what we're doing in week one, how we're going to do this, what movements we're going to do. Because I can't tell you how many conversations I've had, not with gym owners about this, but with personal trainers and coaches, because that's what they do. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about when it comes to actually selling the program. So they just stay balls deep in what movements they're going to do. Yeah. And you have to protect them from themselves and ultimately protect your business. Because they will make the most boring sales pitch ever, Correct. <laughs> ever, which is why you, you, they'll, there'll be very easy, low hanging fruit. If you can say, I'm going to do a running program. I like to help you guys get better. Like you do, you almost have to coach them to that point even. But once they're there, get a few, then you're just fine. But yeah, that's it's very, very tough. And also coaches will design a program around the programming and that it's cute and not around an outcome. And that gets, I mean, that's, that's one of my greatest causes of frustration when a coach becomes a gym owner because that's how gym owners start to communicate all of their external marketing. And that's why I don't like also like, not a big fan of having coaches manage your social media as well, kind of for the same reasons. Um, they just start talking about shit that nobody cares about. And most people just want to lose the 20 pounds or just want to feel a little better. And you're in there talking about the fucking how to squat this way versus that way versus that way versus this way. And these people don't even know that these types, especially people who aren't already in your gym, which I'm going to guess the purpose of your marketing, the purpose of all of your stuff is to get new people to do business with you. And you're talking about shit that, Jesus, 5% of the people who already lift and have lifted for years and know all of these variations even have any interest in the content that you're talking about. It's the most, it's the most delusional shit I see all over the place. So well, Tyler, low bar and high bar squatting and, and arguing about which is better is really yeah. important. Yeah. Talk to me about, you start talking. Yeah. I won't get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, by the way, know those things. That's like, that's what right. I was getting to as a coach. It's your job is to know it. It's, it's your job is to get, tell people what they need to do so that they can get what they want. We're trying to stuff your uninteresting interests in their heads. It becomes like listening to somebody who's special talking about trains for the 50th consecutive time. And you're like, okay, I appreciate this. This is, this, I get it, buddy. Very, but, very passionate about yeah, trains. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of where we're at. I, John, I don't know where else we want to get here. I think we've got most of that covered on the launch strategy mm -hmm. in general, right? That's how you craft it. Um, this is how you build it. That's how you launch. That's how you promote it. The next step, guys, is then you can start to sell that internally. And this is, a, or externally, I'm sorry. Um, and this is where it can start to get folded into your offer stacks because now this is a product that exists that theoretically, could it have a start time and end time for any, where it's like, hey, everybody, Enrollment closes at this for a specialty class, most likely sure. for say a weight loss challenge or a nutrition program or say a club that's ongoing. No, that can exist as part of your sales process. Some of them can land in my nutrition pro program for sure, um, can land on your offer stack, absolutely should be integrated in there. So if you don't have one in there, I just we just gave you the full steps on how to how to build, craft, launch, design and promote and get some good reps selling nutrition coaching within your gym. And now you just slap that onto your offer stack. So when someone comes in, they can choose. All right, what do you want to do? This, this plus nutrition coaching, this plus nutrition coaching with a 12 week commitment and guaranteed results. Boom. Problem solved. And that yeah. becomes your most rudimentary basic offer stack where finally you guys, people might actually choose to spend more money with you. Mm. Ooh. That'd be nice. <laughs> um, if you combine this with what episode was it? Make the most with the gym members you already have. So we released this a couple of weeks ago, yeah. maybe last week from, or a couple of weeks ago from this recording. It's, this is how you start to launch. We talked a lot about like semi-private and how you start to launch these things within a particular theme or concept for your personal trainers. Like this partners very well. 
to that concept. Yeah. And give yeah. You so experience. start with you, then start with your coaches, um, then go into a few people into inside your gym before you start shining this stuff all over the place. Um, John describes this as a cascading level of trust. Every bit of proof that you have that you've done this with, um, it makes it conversationally very easy for you to talk about. And it makes it, I don't know, I just think it's ironclad. You're not talking... Guys, look at anyone selling anything. You can know very quickly that they haven't done it. They haven't, they don't know anything about it, or that they simply don't care about it. Having spent a few weeks with a product and trying to implement this with people that are close to you, it makes it so easy to sell. And then you're not talking about what it is, you're talking about what you've done with it and what that program has helped people accomplish. And that's great. And if you try to launch anything without having done that stuff first, you're just a guy talking about features that nobody cares about. So keep that in mind. So uh anything else john i was like it just it, it continues right, we, gotta, we, we gotta cover the don't build yourself situation here don't build too much we covered a lot of stuff about building don't build too much i know we touched on this in the beginning but um that is one thing that we see is that shiny object syndrome is you're going to mm -hmm. build a thing new and you're going to want to do another thing and if that doesn't work you may lose interest halfway through in a thing because you don't have much and you boom you pivot you cannot constantly be building so while we say you know you need to have something new. You need to fill out your stuff. You cannot always be creating new things because it's just too time intensive and people feel like they're getting hit up for shit too much. Because there should always be things within your gym that people are being offered, whether it's supplements, whether it's all your existing products, you should have some sort of a flow, a seasonal flow. Um, you don't want to be throwing too many things at them too often because that does cost you your reputation as well if you're building too much and none of them are good. So build something, stick with it, try to make it work. If you start with demand, they'll be more successful. And that's usually the issue is someone makes a thing out of the blue and then it's a dud. And it's like, well, I'll make another thing out of the blue. I was like, how about you make something that somebody wants? Well, how do I do that? Ask them what they want. And 90% of you, and, and yeah, and, and the fact is at least 90% of you don't need more things. Yeah. Right. The issue has ever, Tyler, never. Every So when we bring you into the Gear Academy, the very first thing that we're going to do is we want to look at what are your services and all, like what's everything that you're selling? What are your products and services? And then how are we selling it? And then how can we make sure that we're maximizing this to be able to allow you to be able to make money, right? Mm -hmm. Proper amounts of money. And we never, ever, ever are adding anything new nope. because all, all of you that we've spoken to at this point, you have everything you need. It's just so scattered and so disorganized that that is all that needs to be done is, that, man, this just needs to be brought in. It just needs to be sharpened. It needs to get more efficient. So efficiency is what matters. Everybody else is going to try and sell you more, more, more. You need to be doing this new thing. And then you need to get this app. And then you need to start infusing this. And why aren't you doing that? And it's so many new things that every time you ever build or put anything new, the amount of variables that you now have to navigate increases the complexity that's in your world mm -hmm. and, and that's not the name the of the game no you didn't have the time you no one has the time <laughs> no one has the time by the way you very likely don't have the time to do the things we described for you today at all even once through which is why this is as streamlined and as low on time as possible so that at least right. beginning to end it's not this massive amount of work for some questionable outcomes Right. It can, it can, you can at least have the best chance to scrape out a win in the beginning and then have a system that can be successful over the long haul. But the last thing you want to do is just sacrifice a shitload of time and go, ah, and then your only option is to do it again with something new from scratch again. And that is a huge way to just lose your ass, to feel like you're losing all the time. Those are, those are rough phases for gym owners. This is a rough lesson for a gym owner to learn the hard way. And we've, watch gym owners that have become addicted to building. Yeah. It's just, well, I, I need more money because it always is. I need more money. I need to build a new thing. I need to build a new program. We've watched even with, with uh, like the virtual businesses, mm -hmm. where's all their, all their business, all the money that they make is virtual. It's like, well, I need a new, I need to sell a new program. We need a new template. We need a new whatever that we're going to sell because that's going to be the difference maker. It's like, why don't we just step back and then, refine and sharpen what we already have and just kind of live in this space for a minute because we will make, because we already know it works. And that's where a lot of what you already do, you know, works. 
So stop trying to add more shit and let's just make it sharper and sharper and more effective every new opportunity that you get. And it it limits the amount of brand and reputational damage along the way, which is like you said at the beginning, it's really paramount to us. That's, that's what we do. It's possible to make something that sucks. (laughs) I want you to know that. Right. And this is one of the best things I learned um, kind of on the creative side of things, whether it's design, video, whether it's writing, whatever that is you do, is it if six months from now, you don't look back at what you were doing six months ago and go, oof, then you haven't made any real progress. Your understanding hasn't improved. Your skill set hasn't improved. So just know, like I look back at the coaching and training I was doing three, four years ago. And I'm like, oh, fuck, what a fucking idiot. You know what I mean? But you're doing the best with what you have at any given moment. So just know that in a year, you'll go back and be like, oh, I would do, I would have done this differently. And that's the whole point. But it's very possible to build something that sucks. Make sure you protect yourself throughout this by using this process. Because this gives you feedback throughout the whole way through so that you know it doesn't suck. It starts with someone who wants it. Then it starts working. And then you make sure it works and you get feedback, what people like and don't like on a small scale. And then poof, it works. And then you have a thing that can be successful. And then you're going to continue a year from now, you'll look back and go, oh, I know much better ways to fulfill, to market this. And then you apply those skills to this program. So it doesn't just become a thing that sits and stagnates and becomes just like those old swipe files that some other schmucks want to just dump on you, right? This now stays current and evolves with you as your business, as your skill set, as your marketing acumen, as your product design, as your client base maybe shifts as well. So, um, yeah, this is it's not that hard. Uh, stick with it, though, okay? because it is worth it. Just don't do too much. That's us talking on both sides of this entire episode. Do this. Don't do Enjoy this. Oh, don't, don't do it a lot. Do it, don't do Be it a careful. lot. Yeah, don't do it too often, though. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Everybody follow the show at Gym Owners Podcast. Join the Facebook group at Gym Owners Revolution. Links in the description. Uh, you can follow me at Tyler F. And Stone. You can find John at JBanksFL. Get in the fucking gear academy, guys. Let's go. We got a few new gym owners in here right now. Uh, boys to start kicking ass right now. They're getting through their first phase of things where it's like we're ready to start rocking with them. So um, if you want to get on some of that excitement, give your gym like a really, really nice path towards some serious upside in the next year. Shoot us a message or go to gymownersrevolution.com and get started right now in the Gear Academy. We got options involved for us helping you just guide, checklist, accountability, all of this stuff to helping with marketing, Facebook ads, up to a complete nearly done for you, kind of with you version in which we apply your branding, your everything to it. And that's a bit of a bigger ticket than a lot of our uh <laughs> then a lot of you guys who are worried about what you're going to do in this episode are going to be able to swing, but we have products that can fit almost any budget for a gym owner who's trying to make something happen this year. So get in there. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week.